0: Running a home takes a lot of energy. So at Energy Australia, we've created the Total Energy Plan. An energy plan that, yes, ticks the boxes. Get a discount off your total energy bill, guaranteed. No lock-in contracts and fixed rates for 12 months. Find out how you can save with our Total Energy Plan. Energy Australia, light the way. Conditions apply. To view basic plan information documents, visit energyaustralia.com.au
1: you're listening to kindling conversation with siobhan hunt part of kindling kids radio five years ago when i had my first child my go-to book was baby love by robin barker like many mums of my age she's a rock star come lifesaver But I often wonder who mums today turn to when their lives are irrevocably changed by a small and vulnerable human being. I know that there are young mums who love social media and they ask friends, but there's a new book that's really struck a chord with me and it's got a lot of things in it that I wish I'd read five years ago. It's called Hello Baby and it's by senior clinical psychologist Heather Irvine. Hi, Heather, how are you? Thank you so much for having me here. Listen, we were just um, before we came in here, we were talking about the difference between when I um, went to Baby Love, which was written by a midwife, Robin Barker, and now um, a book that's written by a psychologist. And I made a little joke about it saying, oh, isn't it interesting how it's changed? But that is actually pivotal to how you've written this book, isn't it? That's right. And all
0: due respect to Robin Barker. She's an incredible author and a fabulous midwife. And she does a great job. Baby Love is still a wonderful book. But where most of the books are missing is that they are all about the baby. They're all about the baby's needs. They're all about the baby's um, support uh, needs in terms of sleep and feeding and crying and settling. And then there's a mum who's having trouble sleep with sleeping and she's crying and she finds it hard to settle. And so when we look at what the needs are of babies, we are also looking at the needs of the mother. And by and large, that's forgotten. You know, when you're pregnant, everyone wants to make sure that you're seated and you're fine and you're eating and you're healthy and you're rejuvenating yourself, down to whether you can have any hair care products, you know, used. And then once baby's born, It's like the mother no longer matters so much and everything's about the baby, hence why we have such um, high levels of postnatal depression. And we know it's a complex formula for what creates postnatal depression, but one of them is that psychological factor of, I don't matter anymore. Or somehow it's all about the baby and my needs are forgotten. And hence why if you forget the needs of any person on this planet, they're not going to feel particularly good. (laughs) So my
1: book is about saying baby's important, but mothers are too. Which I love, of course. Um, (laughs) In particular, you talk about the first few months of motherhood. There's so much going on there, isn't there?
0: There is. And for every mother's different. And I think that's the important part of my book is that I really respect all mothers' reactions and approaches to, uh, to mothering, so long as it's safe. <laughs> but one of the things is that you can be thrown in ways that you'd never thought you'd be thrown in motherhood. Some of us go in there thinking we're going to love it and loathe it. Some of us think we're going to be so confident and we freak out. Some of us think we're not ready for it and it's the best thing that's happened to us. So one of the most important things in those first few months is just to have that support network around you that can help you work through those feelings. And we're remembering too that 80% of mums have um, what we call the baby blues that's normal. So 80% of people will go through that time where they're not sure whether they're Arthur or Martha, where their head is or where their emotions are, because that's a lot of crying going on. That's 80% of mums. And what happens is, is after that, if those um, symptoms are still continuing, a lot of people will still say to you, it's just the baby blues, don't worry. Um, But if it's three months down the track, that is not the baby blues. And we need to have a lot more education about there out there about what is postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety, postbirth trauma, postbirth OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder, and that's just the diagnosable uh, conditions. And it's not like there's all these well mothers out there, and then there's these unwell ones. Everyone's on a spectrum. So you might be able to diagnose some mums, but there are a lot of mums struggling who may not meet a diagnosis who still need a lot of support. And until we reduce the stigma around mums getting their support, mums taking care of themselves, we've got a lot of sad mums or distressed mums or anxious mums sitting home alone thinking they're strange or weird, or somehow this whole mothering thing wasn't for them when it's a
1: huge chunk of mothers. And key to that, I think, for me anyway, is that um, in the very beginning, actually, I might read the quote because I really do love it. Uh, this is in your foreword. It says, the moment a child is born, the mother is also born. She never existed before. The woman existed, but the mother never. A mother is something absolutely new. And it's, I can't pronounce his name. It's an Indian spiritual teacher. Yes. And I read that and that, that's that been That is so true and yet not something we seem to talk about a lot.
0: We don't. The transition into roles is huge. And what happens is the transition into the motherhood role can be huge. And then the transition to be able to be anything else other than a mother is also huge. And so once we're there, we almost feel like we can't be anything else, particularly ourselves. So many of the mothers I see in our uh, clinic on the Central Coast, actually have no idea who they are, feel guilty if they're not just prioritising mother beyond everything else they do. So they're guilty about whether they should have friendships, whether they should uh, go back to work, how much time they should put into their partner, how much time they're actually allowed to spend on their own. Uh, and whether they're allowed to have interests and uh, hobbies and things that actually don't involve the baby in that first year post the baby being born so it's a really hard time and so I often say you know out comes the baby and with it comes the guilt because they seem to go hand in hand
1: (laughs) Yes and then hold on to that Hold on to that for a long time (laughs) (laughs) Very long time. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with author and clinical psychologist Heather Irvine. Her book is called Hello Baby! Everything New Mum. Need to know about life with baby. And I was saying in the introduction that I feel like this is a really new approach to being a mother. You hear about it in bits and places, but it feels like it's all been covered in this book. And another thing that you mentioned, I think back to when I was a new mum and your advice about sleep is so important because it can feel like it's disappeared forever and it's never coming back. Absolutely.
0: And and that's the important thing is that we we have so much different information about sleep for babies. Um, you know that you can get, I could, you know, you could go to your local bookshop and you'd get 20 on this technique and that technique and another. And what's really important uh, for all of us is that we learn, just as we've had to learn, that we can go to sleep ourselves I'm sure you don't need someone patting you, do you? I don't know. Don't answer <laughs> that. help. <laughs> <might> help. <laughs> but we all need to just get back to some common sense around this. So Robin Barker's is a very sensible lady, but a lot of them uh, have many uh, exotic techniques. But really what we're trying to do is teach our baby first to go to sleep with our help and then gradually move away so they're doing it with less and less help over time because the idea of course is that our babies have to get that right balance of needing support from us and doing things from their own so that they can navigate this world and not always need us by their side but know when they can come and get us for help. It's that beautiful balance that is perfectly um, sensible and attuned attachment. That's what sleep is about but what I've also written about is how to get sleep for mothers <laughs> which yes. I said babies are important and we are too. In fact, we know that about one third of our women who are diagnosed with postnatal depression could well just be sleep-deprived. We know that, and that is why it's such a key issue when I'm working with mums is, okay, how can we get you some sleep? When we look at all the social supports you've got, whether we call in night nannies, what we do here is really important because we you, we know mums don't function without sleep. Nobody does. We know we go into those subcortical areas of the brain, which are the flight-fight response. And so when many mothers are saying, Heather, you know, and this is true, I'm sure many mothers might have experienced it, all I want to do is uh, run away. And that's the flight flight response of the brain, saying, this is too much for me. And we know if we get some sleep, those areas start to shut down. We go back to the frontal cortex, which is where we have planning, judgment, reasoning. And we were able to be creative about how to solve these sleep problems for our babies and us. And and that's where we want all mothers to be
1: in that section of the brain, not thinking, how do I run away or hide under the bed? And And part of that is that we see, I I know that I did anyway as a a new mum, I felt like sleep was down the list of priorities. If my baby needed me, I needed to be awake. I was the one that they needed the most because I was breastfeeding, no one else could feed them, and it felt like sleep was a luxury. So you just mentioned, what supports have you got? I don't know many mums who would feel comfortable calling their own mum or someone else and saying, hey, I just need to sleep. Do you mind coming over for a couple of hours? And now we're talking about the problem of modern parenting. It's all about
0: looking good. It's all about having the best pram. It's all about having the fabulous uh, outfits. It's all about looking like we've got it going on. So we're falling apart, but we've got cupcakes ready for the guests. Oh, yeah. And we forget the more, most important thing is how do we create a network that allows us to sleep? How do we get to be rested? We've forgotten the core ingredients to actually sanely navigating motherhood. And we've got all this, how do I look good rather than actually how do I feel good? So my book is about saying those things are important. Have a bugaboo pram if you want a bugaboo pram, but don't make that more important than getting your
1: sleep and getting your sanity. So just let's get some balance back, girls. And that is that idea as well, is that a bugaboo, you you might think in your head, that bugaboo is going to make my baby sleep beautifully. But If you took the money you spent on the bugaboo and spent it on a a night Night nanny nanny. or, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I didn't have a bugaboo, but I certainly could have spent less on those nighttime buys of onesies, onesies at 3 a.m. I probably could have saved that a bit and had a bit more support. (laughs) You could. But I think one of the things you
0: talk about too is when we do ask for help, we feel like we're failing, Rather than, you know, knowing that, you know, kids are meant to be raised in a village. The reason for that is not for the baby so much. It's for the mother. So she can be the best she can be in order to care for that baby. Like you said, you are the most important person in your baby's world. Yes, you are. So we need to be taking care of you in order you can, you can be that person for that baby. Because, you know, it, being present, but actually being in a really uh, distressed, anxious, uh, falling apart state isn't what your baby really needs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just, just a surprise, I know. But, but <laughs> we, we need to be as sane as we possibly can. And as a community of women we've got to ditch the guilt we have to say what do you really need from me we have to stop saying isn't your baby's outfit lovely haven't you got a lovely pram we need to be saying how are you really going and what support do you need and destigmatise asking for help Destigmatising the idea that i can say how about i come over and we and i play with the baby for a couple of hours while you sleep and then let's reverse that we really need to get our community sentiment back on about what's really important
1: you're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with senior clinical psychologist and author of Hello Baby, Heather Irvine, about um, her latest book, which is really a, a guide for modern parenting, I think, but especially for mums. And as I mentioned, for me, um, looking at this book, it's really touched on things I wish I'd read when I was a new mum. Uh, one thing that I found really strange being a new parent was I had a fabulous mother's group and we met once a week. Um But what surprised me wasn't that they were fabulous. It surprised me that even though I had this great group of women that I would meet up with once a week, I still found my parts of my maternity leave incredibly lonely. Mm. And I did have people I could connect with, but... um, Logistically, it wasn't always possible. And that was a surprise for me. I felt we live in such a connected world and yet mums can still feel quite isolated, can't they?
0: Uh, You're so right. I often wanted to do this experiment where I would fly around um, the the city of, of Sydney or any capital city really and just see how many mothers are living so close together. And yet feeling so lonely within, sometimes within 200 metres, less than, and all these mothers sitting on their own. It's a tragedy. And that's what I said about, this is all about how we've tried so hard to create such amazing things in our modern community that we forgot connectedness. And, And that's why I, you know, I've talked about social media in the book and sensible use of social media is a concern of mine. But one of the things I really like using social media for and for a lot of the technologies that we've got now is for linking mums up. And it's fabulous. Uh, You know, when I've talked to a a lovely mum whose mum was in uh, New York and they used to just put on Skype and just have it on all day, all day. And they didn't sit in front of it. It was just, you know, she would walk around with a baby and mum would get along with her life and they would just connect, just knowing someone else is connected with you at that time. You're not on your own because it's it's sort of like 24-hour togetherness. And yet, how can I be so lonely in that? Because we're especially if you're used to being around people and connecting and sharing ideas, and our babies don't give us much back, certainly for the first six weeks. It's just kind of like puking and pooing really. <laughs> and, crying. And, and crying. That's right. And so it's, 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 as I said, for mothering, it's lots of parts we were never expecting to feel,
1: mm. never
0: expecting to feel and never knowing that actually sitting there with this beautiful little thing beside us who we love dearly actually wouldn't meet those needs that we had socially. And we aren't prepared as a community really to deal with that. You're absolutely spot on.
1: You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Heather Irvine. She's a senior clinical psychologist and author of Hello Baby. It's a new book for uh, the modern mum, I will say that, because I do think it it speaks directly to things that women are experiencing today. Um, we were just talking about loneliness and how social media can help you connect, but there is, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? What are the pitfalls of social media for new parents?
0: One of them is the comparison factor. I'm just talking about parents now because mums who are struggling will get on social media and they think everyone else is having this amazing life with these amazing children and everything's happy and everyone looks beautiful <laughs> and it's just this oasis and the only thing you can't hear are the birds chirping and and so it reinforces the idea that somehow something's wrong with them and what's going on in their lives and yet so often I'll get in the clinic uh, I'll get this mum and I and, and she'll say you know I'm just falling apart and I'll say oh you know have you've reached out for support and she'll say oh no I can't let anyone else know and I'll say well what are you sort of putting on Facebook what's the persona you're putting out there because maybe you could be asking for support and if you go through their Facebook page it is just one moment of bliss after another and yet she's in my office saying she's not sure if she can live through it so I think we really need to remember that if we're going to use social media let's do it sensibly let's you know or else start a new group start again only connect with people who you think are going to tell you what's really going on who actually think about sensibly what's what's put on to their posts and it's not just their highlights real you know start a new group called keeping it real which doesn't mean you need to blog every single moment you have a, a hard time but at least people in that group know that you're going to be putting both things on there so it's weighted between what's going
1: well and not so well. And, and it's a relief as a parent, really. I mean, I, I know when I speak to other parents about tantrums, for example, and my daughter who's five still has tantrums. And then if another parent says, oh, yeah, no, mine still does at i I'm not actually, it's terrible. I don't actually care they're suffering too. I'm happy that, yep. that we're both <laughs> suffering equally. It's, it's <laughs> just this kind of moment, isn't it? I'm not alone with that. Like you talked about before.
0: I tell you, I was in the um, school car park and I was talking about my son tantruming and it was like this hush. And it was like, Heather, she's a psychologist and her kid's tantrum, let's listen to this story. <laughs> and, it was, and and so it, you, you do realise how important my own story is as being a psychologist and naming what's normal because we've stopped that village that keeps naming what's normal. So we're all left trying to forge this pathway on our own when it's been done millions of times before. But we're forging it without all that information from other generations. So we're not hearing all the time how normal what we're experiencing is. And so I make it my... Absolute. Um, uh, most one of the most important things I do. To, if I'm in public and my kids aren't behaving, I don't rush them away. Take a look. I'm normal. And my kids will have tough times. My baby cried a lot. You'll hear there's quotes from me in that book about some of the toughest nights I had as a mum. So that you know this isn't just here's this expert telling you how how these other people can deal with being a mum. I'm a mum too. I know it's hard. And you'll, there's quotes from me in there with my name. You can see what I went through too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is it? Uh, um, Misery loves company. <laughs>
0: You know, it is. And it's just that whole sense of, oh, I see, not everything's perfect in your life. Because you, you know, I would imagine that you are one of those people in the community who's, you know, highly regarded. You know, she seems to have it all together. And then there's that sense that therefore you can't have anything going wrong. And it's just so beautiful to share. And I'm wondering if that was why your mother's group worked,
1: because it kept it real. Oh, completely. We definitely, there were lots of times we had a closed Facebook group and there were lots of times when someone would post something and and it might even be at at three in the morning and we were all breastfeeding at the same time and just saying, oh, you know, this is what happened to me today. And it was incredible support. Uh, Often we'd be saying, oh, yeah, no, that's exactly what's happened. And actually what I miss, which is interesting when you talk about community, what I miss is that once we started going back to work and having our second children, it was much harder to have the catch-ups where we could talk about what was going on for us as they got older. And that was crucial to my mental health then anyway.
0: Look, you're so right. And what was interesting is... uh, When we look at a trajectory of maternal mental health, um, we, of course, I'm a big advocate for that first year postnatally, but actually we notice a peak around the age of a child being four. And I think you're talking about that. So we've, if we've been able to endure that first twelve months, perhaps we've got back to work. We've never got the support we needed. Now we've got two kids, and now we're now we've got a lot going on. We've actually never had some of those issues addressed. And I think mothers hold it together beautifully. I mean, uh, you know, you 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 want you want to see somebody strong? Look at a mother, right? But I think it's, it's those years of not looking after ourselves. It's the years of not prioritizing our needs. And we, it seems to really just come into a, a crumple around the time that our kids hit about the age of four. So I really, it's really important for all your listeners to say, hey, my babies and my kids are so important, but so am I if I can't teach my child to have respect for themselves if I don't, I can't teach my child how to be themselves if I don't, I can't teach my child how to care for themselves when they're sad if I can't. It's saying I need to be a role model for all of these things if I'm going to have my babies grow up to be the sorts of um, men and women that I want them to be.
1: Part of the having a child, especially in that first year, can feel like you literally disappear into your baby. And, you know, that's definitely happened to me. And I think even as my kids are older, that kind of trying to work out, you know, the split between work and home life and who am I first? Am I a mother or am I Siobhan? What is this mix now? Women can often feel quite lost, can't they?
0: Absolutely. One of the quotes that I had was actually my sister. You'll see in there. You'll see a lot of people who come from from my community group as well as the the women that I've seen and and one woman was had asked her you know how did you find yourself again after you you know you'd you'd become a mother and she said i don't know i'm still looking <laughs> <laughs> and her babies were similar ages <laughs> to yours and and i think that's the point is that we we have been on this uh, these years of sort of when we're pregnant we're sort of looking at so much about the the birth plan and so much about those first years and so much then about the sleeping feeding pooing crying Uh, and the bugaboos and and the clothes and all the rest of it, that we've stopped looking at actually what floats our boat. Who are we? And it's about going back to, and there's a really great values exercise in the book, which says, okay, if you want to start naming the top 10 values that actually drive you, what would they be? and it really is a it's such an important exercise for anyone to do and I and it's particularly mums of girls uh it's a really important uh, exercise because often we as girls don't really know who we are we've actually who we are is 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 really it's often about what pleases other people um so if you like you know, the idea that I do sport, I'll do sport. <laughs> if you like the idea that I'll do piano, I'll do piano. And and, the, and often what mothers find is this is the first time they actually have gone into that exercise of finding out who they truly are, not who what someone else has wants them to be. And that is how we raise our girls, therefore. So it's a great exercise in saying, this isn't just about me. This is about raising my children to also know who they are, to know how to stand up for themselves, how to be assertive, not aggressive and not passive. So there's some really, as I said, this is about being the role model for our children. It's not just about us. It's not just about them. It's about the community representing themselves in ways that we we support the
1: individuals supporting themselves too. Heather, I could talk to you all afternoon. That would be wonderful. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. That's Heather Irvine. She's a senior clinical psychologist and author of Hello Baby, Everything New Mums Need to Know About Life with Baby.